Hello, and welcome to the Hey Listen podcast for April 1st, a glorious April Fool's Day. If this is your first time listening, or you're back for another round of weirdness and madness, thanks for tuning in. I am one of your hosts, Jonathan Miranda, and with me today, back from his recent pygmy sloth attack in the bathroom, fully recovered and ready to roll, Mr. Michael Vincent Brooks Kinder. Brooks, how are thy eyes doing? I don't really feel comfortable talking about it in front of a public yet, but I'll be honest with you, fully recovered is exaggerating it. Um, <laughs> I'm here both as the co-host and to raise pygmy sloth awareness. They are a menace. They have weaponized, unionized, mm-hmm. you know, they've criticized, they're just, they're out of control, man. They're mini-sized, you know, definitely, but not fun-sized. They're dangerous. They're everywhere. I opened up a can yeah. of, uh, of Pringles the other day and out popped a pygmy sloth. Luckily, I swatted it away real quick. You got reflexes faster than mine, man. They, they literally sat there and moved in slow motion, but I couldn't <laughs> move. I was transfixed in fear. It was like a slow motion, like, you know, cutaway or a freeze frame, but in saw. Oh, God. That sounds yeah, absolutely right? terrifying. Why do you think I wasn't here? Like, oh, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna take the day off for like a. No, it was a pygmy sloth. Anyway, Peter aside, let's <laughs> let's get on with this. All right, uh, let me start today's show with an interesting bit of information here. A little history lesson for everyone watching or listening at home. Did you know that April's full? What? That April Fool's Day. I don't know. Wait, or... wait, what was that? Repeat that again, please. I'm so sorry. Let's repeat that. Let's start over because my, my tongue got oh, lost. Blah, 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 blah. An interesting <laughs> bit of information here. April Fool's Day originated sometime in 1583 when France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. The reason people call uh, started calling it April Fool's Day was because uh, in the Julian calendar, April 1st, the spring equinox, was the new year's beginning. So people would say Happy New Year in April, but they had switched the calendar. So everyone just started calling them an April Fool. It was like something about an April fish in the actual French language. I can't remember what the word phrasing was, but basically it was you're the you're the oh, fresh fish. It was just a little joke, like you're you're dumb. Yeah, no, I get it. That's actually really funny. I, I I'm just I understand the history of it, and I find that very interesting. I did not know that. Isn't that interesting? I thought it was crazy. That's and it's a good day for this for April first because today we've got oh. Hideo Kojima coming on. We're going to have a special guest interview, and it's going to be great. So stay tuned. Just stick around. I promise. It's going to be great. <laughs> Today's stories. Oh, I think we lost your audio, Brooks. No, I just whispered again. Ah, whispering is the darkness. doesn't do good as a whisper. I guess, man. It's, it's not dark. It's, just, it's a pleasantly dank. You know what's funny is that my room is literally dark, and it just doesn't look like that on camera, which is great. No, you're bright blue, man. You look like you have, like a, you have a blue light set up in the background with a nice like uh, headlight in front of you, like, you look like you had some lighting going on. You know what's funny is I'm fucking jerry-rigging this whole thing. The, th- the light in the background is not a normal LED strip. It's just this giant light that changes colors. And then my... Oh, wait. So you, no. wait what do you mean? So you are lighting it up, then, you fool. Oh, yeah. That I'm lighting up, but the rest of it's jerry-rigged. I got the... I got white, I got white backgrounds here on my computer to give me some white light coming on my face. You know, give me a little flash. That way the it looks... jerry-rigged is still rigged. You're saying you ain't even rigged. Fair enough. You know what? Fair enough. I'll accept that People one. fool on me, huh? People <laughs> fool on me. So while Mr. Brooks continues to dibble and dabble in the lost, let me tell you about today's stories, which include our yeah. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands review, the new PlayStation Plus model has been released, and E3 is officially canceled this year, and more. If you're going to watch live, which, if you are, thank you for coming, you've got one simple job. Hang out in the chat and invite your friends to hang out with you. Talk in the chat, the more the merrier. We have a suggestion box now on our Twitch page because I actually did some work this week and, and uh, put it up there and figured it out, which I haven't done the rest of the page yet, so don't judge me for it. 
<laughs> if you want to talk in the suggestion box and let us know what kind of topics and things you want to hear about, go ahead and hit that suggestion box on our Twitch page. It'll send us an email. We'll get your email. We'll look at it. We'll laugh. And then we'll decide if it's a good topic or not. If you want, you can also comment on the YouTube page and on our videos there. And um, if you enjoy the show, just uh, show that you love the production and the people and give us a good follow, a little subscribe, a little scratch on the back, you know. That'll help us get some followers. We're still working our way to the first 100 channel followers on YouTube. Once we reach the first 100 channel followers, we will be doing a special giveaway. And I will keep that as a surprise for now. I already know what we're doing. But I'm not going to tell you until we get up there. So, if there's a little encouragement there. <laughs> it's a pygmy sloth. Don't tell anybody. <clears throat> so Back to Peter. <laughs> <laughs> any kind of help you guys make uh, any kind of help you guys do for us makes you a star in our eyes so stay tuned for that giveaway and stay tuned in for the next couple months we're going to start trying to do a lot more different varied content than just this little podcast uh, maybe some video essays, deep dives screencast reviews on TV shows and movies, I know I talked about it last episode with the Halo series and uh, you're going to have to wait like 3 months for that because I am not paying for Paramount Plus, fuck that <laughs> Not with those reviews. <laughs> Not with those reviews. They're, and they're getting worse. They're getting worse. They're supposed to get a little bit better. <laughs> Fuck. Did, uh, are they doing the uh, weekly episode release? Yep, they sure are. Oh, every yeah. Thursday. or is it? Th yeah, I think it's every Thursday at 9 o'clock. So, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Oh, we already know where it's going. It's been there. It's there, man. Take a seat. Take a load off. Relax. Enjoy. <laughs> All right, let's get into our first topic of the show today. This week, we played Tiny Tina's Wonderland. And I have to tell you, this is our review. And I also have to tell you that Brooks is in love with cartography. I am. It's my first love. His first love. boy, I would paint maps on maps. A simple boy. Show, you know, who's in charge. He was simple. Not dumb, but simple. He, was, he just liked the simple life. And he liked to draw mountains on paper. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I drew mountains on I drew maps on maps. Maps on maps. Maps on mountains yeah. on maps. No, no, I drew maps on maps because I define where things are. You don't <laughs> get to tell me where things are, right? They're borders, <laughs> jurisdictions. You know what I mean? It's all a mind game, man. He's the first man to <laughs> successfully create a multitude of maps as a cartographer that created the world map. Yeah, that makes sense. Does sure. that make sense? Not oh. at all, but you know what, man? <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> so, we're going to go over our reviews for this and get this one uh, out of the way. Um, Mr. Brooks, why don't you start us off with this one? What did you think of Tiny Tina's, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? How did you like going back to that world? Well, never been to that world before. It was, uh, it was a whole new universe. I really like what they did. They definitely a good amount from when it comes to the art style from the Borderlands series in a way I really enjoy. Borderlands 3, as I've said before, um, it basically went really hard with the black lines and the hard angles. So it was very harsh on the eye. Still enjoyable, very cartoony, mm -hmm. but they softened that up a lot. You can really just see the movement, the fluidity of the characters, the, the art design and everything. It's beautiful. Gorgeous game. The character development itself is really nice. You know, you have it's a, it's a sweet game. It feels that they are missing a little bit of the kick with it but at the end of the day we'll get more to that as we go of course but mm -hmm. it still was definitely a very enjoyable game i liked the, the run through where we spent about 12 hours on it you say yes i believe our campaign is at somewhere around 12 hours i can i couldn't tell you right now but no it's okay 
so basically, we spent the first eight hours on maybe the first third of the game. We're doing every single side quest, going everywhere, and there is a bunch of content we never even touched. Oh, yeah. We basically were like, all right, it's time to get to work, and just ran through the rest real quick, finished it off, no problem. But it has a very wide uh, wide world to play with. You have the overworld with actually lots of Easter eggs and different mechanics that you have to unlock through there mm-hmm. with a pretty varied dungeon system. Mm-hmm. It felt a little lackluster when it comes to certain dynamics and certain... Um, let's say, theatrical moments you have in the game. Like, essentially, the first, not the first mission, but the first major mission when you uh, uh, raid the castle. And then yeah. the last mission where you fight the boss were just like, head, and, head and heels over the top when it came to the rest of the game and just, like, once again, just dynamics and just theatrics. They, they mm. were beautiful, gorgeous food. This actual, like, more immersive experience. I wish the entire game felt like that. Yeah. They got more time to complete it, so I'm not trying to say they busted out, but it does feel as if the game is missing a little bit of effort in there. It has that just a little bit of like polishing the entire thing for just playing to make it amazing. But it is still it was still a great great fun to play. I really enjoyed. it. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I had a lot of fun. Uh, as you said, both of us uh, played it together. So basically, we did co op through the whole story, for the most part. Um, there were I think we what started off a little bit uh, together and then we played like by ourselves for like an hour maybe one of the days yeah, on, on different characters so we yeah. still ran that one with, i want to run through clean yeah yeah but um but yeah um like you said the the graphics look way 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 amazing i like how they look aesthetically as opposed to how the old borderlands looks were it felt a lot smoother it felt a lot more rounded out and less sharp and jagged um the one thing i liked least about it graphically for me, at least, was the overworld and how mm, I want to say chibi it was. It, I would have the figurines. I yeah. know you're coming from though, 100. percent But yeah, I, I get the figurine feeling, but um, I I would have been fine with normal body sized figurines. But that's just me nitpicking something stupid. Like <laughs> it isn't that big of a deal. But that graphically, like everything else, was pretty good. It felt smooth. It looked smooth. And you played it on the PS4. I played it on the PS5. Cross platform play <laughs> and cross pr- and um. What, would, what what do you call it? Cross platform play is possible with this one. That's one of the biggest elements that came back into this Borderlands entry, this spinoff, um, is that Gearbox was allowed to do cross platform versus how Borderlands Three you had no cross platform play. Whatever console you got it on, that's what you got to play it on. You can't play with your friends on Xbox, PC, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that was actually really cool and really fun for me, and I, I liked it a lot. It felt good in my hands in game. The... Yeah, I'm sure you got to every mission about 30 seconds before I did. That is true. No, that's, no, that's not true. Five seconds, five seconds. I'm sorry. Yeah, five or ten seconds, but still, I, I, I hear where you're coming from with that. Um, yeah, it's what it is. PS5 is a much better machine than PS4. It's going to happen. I'm not, I'm not actually complaining about that at all. It's what it is. But the adaptive triggers felt good. It felt like basically any other shooter. It didn't take full advantage of it, of it like a game, I would say, like Returnal. Which I still haven't played, so I actually don't know for How sure. Do but, know? <laughs> but I have heard that the adaptive trigger response in that game is amazing. Like the way that they use the haptic feedback on your controller for Returnal is supposedly one of the best things the PS5 has done so far. Better than Ratchet, better than Deathloop, better than Horizon, better than everything so far. Exactly. Um, for example, for for Returnal at least, um, when, when you pull back the trigger one, uh, halfway, you get a click. Like you get that little first click. That's uh, your, I believe it's a secondary fire on a half click, or a f- I think that's your primary fire. 
each gun has like a secondary fire if you pull uh, the trigger all the way they're down. Trying to, they're trying to get rid of the need for paddles and still get that extra button in there. Yeah, basic. I, I would say basically, yeah. But, I mean, that's what it sounds like. You know what I mean? I'm not saying mm-hmm. it in a negative sense, but it's, it's clever. And I know yeah. that the PS5, basically, the, the triggers themselves are a lot deeper than the PS4 with that curved edge. You yeah. actually have more, more, more play with it, so it's possible. That's interesting. Plus, you have that kickback from the actual haptic feedback, so you get that push yeah. back when you press something down, and it feels so good. Anytime I play a shooter on my PS5, I love how the trigger feels, as it it just feels like it rattles when you're shooting yeah. a gun. It feels really cool. The thrill of when you hunt another human being, honey. <laughs> you're trying to say you sick son of. <laughs> I wouldn't know. We were playing D and D in this last game, so I wasn't hunting any regular humans. Mostly, That's we hunted true. skeletons, which brings Pirates. me to my next point of the game. The enemies were not as varied as i thought they would be i i felt like there was only like three or four major separations of enemy group types with maybe five to six different types of enemies per grouping i believe there was the skeletons the bandits skeletons bandits zombies snake women and the goblins you have you have goblins slash smurfs oh yeah mushrooms Basically, the forest biome is oh, those yeah, three. Mushroom, I then you had uh, skeletons everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Then you had zombos. Mm-hmm. Then you had um, bandits, mm-hmm. pirates, oh, I uh, about the pirates. flying drag, the flying dragons of at least four varieties. Yeah. Uh, big and small. Then you had the, the sand sharks. Mm-hmm. Then you had the snake, the snake, uh, the snake women. And I know I'm missing something. Um, I'm, I'm, there was I'm, another I'm, animal one. The crabs or oh, spiders. Yeah, cy- crabs and spiders. Crab spiders. Crabs and spiders are the same thing. They try to sneak yeah. that one by us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they tried to sneak that one by. They were both. Sneaky, sneaky. They even called one a crab spider. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> there was, and, uh, was one. The, the, uh, the cyclopses, I feel, were actually a little. Un... They were a different unit, it felt. Yo, because basically definitely. you have like uh, the badass um, assassins and bandits uh-huh. and stuff like that. Yeah. But the cyclops build did not really belong to any of the other archetypes. They were just the ultras. But. Actually, I'm bringing up uh, more about the enemies. We didn't see them until the last two missions of the game. Yeah. And they're probably the only dudes that killed us the entire time. Yeah. We played the entire game on the hardest difficulty from mm-hmm. step one. And we didn't die during a boss fight until maybe 70% through the game. Yeah. And we didn't die again after that till the bo- the actual boss, the one right before the boss, and then the actual boss fight. And those just once. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I play... I love playing games of hard difficulty the first time. I love mm-hmm. that experience of going through there. I like the challenge. I don't. I don't want to. If I enjoy the universe, I don't want to be done in five minutes. I want to yeah. be able to take my time, have my ass kicked, have to find new ways, discover strategies. Mm-hmm. This didn't really have that. It was, it was a guaranteed win. Like the entire game, pretty much. It was mm-hmm. a matter of time. When you die in the boss fight, I think there was only one boss that had made us even go back to the start of a phase. Normally, you just walked right back in. The boss is still in there kicking, even if we both died. Yeah, that even happened on the final boss. We it, it took us back to the beginning of the phase. Did it really, so or was did, that his second yeah. phase? That's what I just said. Oh, the beginning, the, the beginning of the phase doesn't mean the beginning of the whole okay, fight. Okay, yeah, yeah. Beginning of the second phase. I seemed to clarify. No, you're good. Yeah, that that was a little. That was, that was a big issue. Actually. A little uh, un. Uh, that didn't make me happy. No, it's unsatisfying. Coming, yeah, there. We go. That's the, the word. Thank you. And yeah, no It's like. Going for a steak, but it's pink. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, after us coming off of, 
after us coming off of a game like Elden Ring, where we got our shit kicked in for like a hundred hours at a time, you know, like coming off of a game that difficult and then jumping yeah. into a game like a Borderlands game, uh, the the difficulty level was instantly really? recognizable. And of course, you know, and it is an arcade shooter. It is an arcade yeah. shooter, and and we still enjoyed playing it through. Uh-huh. So it means that it does great credit for the story, yeah, and the characters that we actually still enjoyed playing it. Right, this, but at the end of the day. You have a hardest difficulty setting, it should be hard. If yeah. someone wants to play it arcade style, then yeah, that's what normal's for. It's what heroic's for. If I put a game, it's not not called this for the setting, but I can't get off the Halo system. It's just right in my brain. If I put it on Legendary, I need to see a suicide grunt running up and a random jackal sniping me from behind me like three levels ago. All right, I need this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that added difficulty and that added constant level of cautiousness makes the biggest difference in games, especially shooters that are modeled in, as arena style levels like uh, a lot of the part of uh, a lot of the battles in wonderlands were modeled um, yeah very much the encounters mm-hmm. the uh chaos chamber yeah yeah so not having the difficulty of being able to walk through did kind of kill it a little bit it was still fun but i think the fun of it really came from the parts in the game that were unique such as the spell casting and the class builds uh, and things like that that you know it gave you yeah they really shined on this yeah how did you feel about class building with your character? I felt class building didn't feel that much different from the Borderlands games. The classes mm-hmm. themselves, it actually was still the same exact system. Um, instead of having the three tree, essentially, you the three, three tree, excuse me, Tweet the tree. three tree, right, you have uh, your one subclass mm-hmm. and you get a second one later on. And they basically have them both point at the same time instead of, uh, you kind of did it in Borderlands before as well. So that's, as I said, basically that part's the same. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy them. I liked the fantasy way they did it. I know that they said they were going to do a lot more focus upon melee as an actual uh, weapon, not just as you know, a, you know, standard thirty yeah. uh, hit point punch. Yeah. And they did, but I, I feel where it really shined and actually was a lot more in depth than I feel either of us thought was the spells. Mm-hmm. Was the actual? I mean, honestly, yeah, the spells. Because once again, when you get to like gun abilities or like the melee abilities, mm-hmm. Borderlands games always has that. You know, so it's kind yeah. of they were great, fun. There was just as uh, just as in depth as any other other uh, series in the franchise but the spells we play in the game we think there's like maybe five or six with like you know four different five different archetypes and suddenly they drop another set of four on us yeah. another set of four on us. there was easily over a dozen completely different spells with them each one having a sub of six to seven different types yeah alone and i we probably haven't even seen some of them yet we're still getting new things in the last fight when it came to the spells i was gonna say i i actually like saw a video from one of the websites uh earlier today and I actually saw someone using some spells that I had never seen before, ever. It was the what? craziest thing. It looked like a, a fireball that shot into something and then mm-hmm. exploded and then fell to the ground and then started shooting a bunch of other little fireballs up out of the ground like a fi- like a fountain geyser. Like It's like the reverse meteor storm, it sounds yeah. like. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. I know. I, I bet you it is. It's going to be the calamity, the me- giant meteor, it's falling down. Yeah. And then it's going to be some type of AOE, basically, wherever it hits, and it's that's the rising vibe of another uh, meteor storm. That's cool. I have not seen it either. We're that's gonna, awesome. We're, we're going to have to play some more later. That way we can find some more spells because I. Oh, I yeah. See I'm definitely so down to get back in. <laughs> it's definitely a good game for co op, but when it comes down to it, it, it is definitely a couch shooter, and that's a, something that this current generation of video games hasn't had in a long time. Even Halo, they're. You know, look at the Halo. They don't have a co-op campaign yet, and they're no, on well, year two the co-op, co-op has died because of how prominent 
you know, consoles are. That PlayStation and Xbox both wanted to do this. They both wanted mm-hmm. to make it so there was a console in every home. Mm-hmm. They both, uh, each of them in their own uh, time period had live uh, or plus for free at a certain time. Yeah. Um, they both were pushing for that to happen, and it did. Because of how available it was and how cheaper internet became and more available, mm-hmm. it, co-op died, which which sucks. Yeah. I feel uh, it's very rare to find a game that has it, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, that's unfortunate. And we're seeing a return from that, which mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. You know, you get two, two cornhole damage subgenres. It's going to be completely this niche gaming, and then people are going to get bored of that. So then yeah. you have to go back to the broad, expansive. It's the, it's the cycle. It's always doing it. Then that's basically what it is now. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't, even though you're supposed to feel a difficulty change with co-op, it, it didn't really feel that different. Maybe. No, there was nothing. I want, difficulty was the main issue. It's not, not I want to say that maybe if we had two other people and we had a full group of four, maybe the difficulty may have turned up enough. Now, I'm thinking the Chaos Chambers. Because yeah. while it didn't feel hard, we only did one. The tutorial. Oh, we only did the one? Yeah, we only did the oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, we only did the one. So it's like, <laughs> Chaos Chambers might be where it is, but mm-hmm. I still have an issue with it not being the story, but it's not, it's not, it's still fun to play. Yeah. So what it is, it's fun. Yeah. It's definitely a game where you can just mess around and play. Definitely. They did a good job of capturing the D&D feel. Yeah. But it made me just want it to be even more freeform in that sense. Like, there is, you have no option in any quest ever. Yeah. Which is fine. It's still fun to play. You, your character has the illusion of choice. It has the, uh, mm-hmm. the linear story you're going through and the yeah. many different ones there are. It feels very broad and very mm-hmm. free. But it breaks down into there's no choice at all, which meh, I'm 50-50 on. I wish it was more. I have yeah. no problem with what it is. That's the better way. Yeah. Would you have enjoyed it more if it had been more of an open-ended story with, uh, with which you could actually choose specific yeah. things happening? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Like, I wish it was more. I wish it was more varied. I wish there was actual choice in the game mm-hmm. and like more a dynamic, a dynamic play to the actual story would be awesome, especially yeah. in the format they chose. It fits perfectly. It would be great. But I have no problem with what it is. As I said, like the story is, I think, the best part about this game. It's what shines the most. And the story and the the actual just feel the... uh, It's a mixture of story characters and world without any of them being the thing that shines. They just all make a nice, good feel to the game. They're all very, very homey. Very, very warm. Very cozy. Yeah. By yourself. (laughs) Cozy. It feels comfortable and, and, and familiar. You would say. Um, I, was, I was trying to t- uh, do a tiny Tina reference, trapped in the cave by herself, or not trapped, but just in the cave alone, two spacemen, fall from the sky, or spacemen and a robot. <laughs> two spacemen and a robot, I guess. I don't know. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't count ourselves. Yeah, you, I was you, gonna you, say you're not counting yourself. You're just a figment of Tina's imagination now, apparently. Nah, cause they were talking to us. That's true, and we only but we only talk through our character. How do we know we're real? What if they're all crazy? No, no, in, in the very beginning, they said uh, you cannot break character voice. No matter what, you're playing this game. You're oh, not that's right. You're right. That's where it's like, well, where we go? <laughs> Cartography, my, like, my first love. <laughs> my character sounded like Mean Joe Green. This is true. <laughs> Your character had the best voice in the game. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you, Ashley Birch came second with Tina, but you got you, your character wins, hands down. Um, do you wish the game was longer? 
I know that we were talking about it only us only being about 12, 13 hours into our campaign. Oh, before we but we could have done a lot more. We could have. We both know it. Like, we, we, the side quest in there yeah. is, has a bunch more playthrough. The issue comes once again, as with other Borderlands, the repetitiveness that, repet, repetitiveness mm-hmm. that starts to bleed in with the loot pool. Yeah. And then the quest themselves. Well, actually, we didn't hit that, that wall, that roof. Yeah. Of, you know, if we're doing the same thing of just run here, run there, run there. Mm-hmm. I suppose it kind of started to creep in near the end, you know? So if we were still doing every side quest, maybe by the time we got to the end, it would have started feeling that way. I uh-huh. don't know. But actually, I know. I feel the length of the game was okay. I, I wish the entire game felt like the last level. Yeah, in terms but of dynamic uh, approach to environments the and everything. The, the way the camera... You know, like, think about that like that last five minutes, right after the boss mm-hmm. right before that. When we're running through the uh, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> okay, this is not <laughs> a spoiler. Let's, let's go into. Let's, let's say this right here. I, I, maybe we should have said this earlier. This is not a spoiler-free podcast, but it, it, it's going to be. I wasn't going to actually say any details. I was saying we're running through the castle. Spoiler. Oh, okay. castle. <laughs> he froze. We, oh no! I'm like, if Jack was here, I would do it. I can't do that. Everybody just looked down at their phone to make sure that the podcast was still running. <laughs> Everyone's sitting there in their car or at their desk at their job, and they're like, Sorry. "What was that sound? Wait, yeah, like, what happened no, to my heard, audio?" In the Senate, I am the Senate. You know, in Dagobah, everyone's looking at their phones. Everyone's like, "What?" I was the last five minutes when you're running through the actual castle. Uh The the feel of it, the food of it, the actual you're jumping, you're sliding. You Mm -hmm. you literally don't see something you have to jump over since the tutorial, which they comment on. They even said that was going to be the only thing in the entire game. I think the tree was called Fall Over This, something like that. Tutorial, fall over the tree. The tree. Yeah. Yeah. She said, funny enough, it only grows in this one valley. It was, I thought that was cute. That was funny. Yeah. And then we didn't have to move like that the entire game. In the last scene, though, you actually, you're running through the building. The building itself, the sparks coming out. The camera, the art style itself felt actually became smoother. Mm-hmm. Everything about it felt more polished in that last five-minute run. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, like, while the game didn't feel it was unfinished, Yeah. in comparison, it makes me think it was. It makes me think they got everything up to code, but didn't have the love in the entire game that it should have. Mm-hmm. Side note, as yeah. we found out at the end after we rolled credits, the development team for this game did build most of this game from home during the pandemic. So definitely, yeah, I, you know. 100%. Like, I'm not I'm not hating on them. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm saying what I, that this is a safe place. This is a safe place. <laughs> no, I just wanted to let everyone else know. So that way they don't think. Just so everyone else listening doesn't think we're just ragging on it to rag on it for no reason. No, no. I was actually going to say, to get it out of the way, I, I, if I was just, let's score it up. You know what I mean? That yeah. way so you, you understand, you know? So Go so going into it, what were you expecting to the, get? Here, give me this. It, what, going into the game, what did you expect it to be on a scale? And what are you scoring it as final as you've scrolled credits? That's an interesting question. Never thought about it that way. I don't really expect much out of it. it uh, it's something that, like, if it's anything above a six, I don't really look at what a game's going to be or a uh-huh. movie or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can tell it's going to be bad. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's a blow. I can tell that. But if it's going to be great, 
or like medium. It's kind of like, you know, it's always kind of in there. I would say it probably fell where I would have expected it to. Yeah. But that's because I'm a cynic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, 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 gave it, I give it a strong 8. I give it an 8.0. 100%. So, so 4 by the hey, listen scale. <laughs> 4 by the yeah, hey, listen scale. It sounds better. We'll have to finalize. Five. We'll have to finalize what our grading scale is going to be. It was supposed to be Johnny's out of ten. Okay, I do it was remember supposed to be that. Generic number, generic image. But I'm just teasing you. Well, <laughs> yeah, four out of five is fine with me, man. Like, because it really was a great game. It was very much fun. It was missing something that stops it from being a perfect game, from being a five. Mm-hmm. But I still do not actually have a major issue with the game. I, everything I'm talking about is more of a, mm-hmm. instead of bragging mm-hmm. on it, more of a wish list. Like, I wish it did this. Yeah. I don't, ah, oh, man, it did this. No, I, I just I just wish. You know, I want to be a little, you know, you know, like the game had, I think, only one break. Or two, or two. We had two breaks yeah, the entire time. Breaks. Which kind of sucks. But... Actually, speaking yeah. about the breaks, well, let's just talk about how buggy some things were no, no, in the no, no. game. Grade it first. Get okay. the grades go out of the way. What, what okay. would you Grade grade wise, going into it, I honestly thought I was going to give this a three. It was just going to be okay, and I thought it was going to be another Borderlands title, but I thought it was going to be enough to get me to pass it by. Three being okay on the good side, like it's okay, it's not bad. It doesn't do anything special, but it doesn't do anything terrible. But after playing through it, after enjoying the story, enjoying the dialogue, enjoying the character quips that I love about Borderlands so much, and seeing how they actually felt a little bit more. I want to say, like, authentic in this one, as opposed to kind of canned, kind of cheesy lines that they would put in most other Borderlands, although this one did have some of those lines. This one felt more in tune with their... Uh, the, the actors felt more in tune with the awkward, nerdy weirdness of their characters, and I like that a lot. So, gameplay, acting, story wasn't always there. I give it a 4 out of 5 on our scale. It's a good game. It's a great game. I actually have fun with it. And I can That's a good point, though. I can definitely see myself playing it later, continuing to play it after, you know, after its expiration date because it has a pretty from what it looks like, a very feasible end game and end game content, not to mention the DLC and season pass that will eventually come. What is the point that is I it, made? Is it biodegradable? No, I just mean expiration date is in like, you know, Eventually, everyone stops playing games. I mean, that's progressive. You know what I mean? The discs themselves are biodegradable, but how long? Because eventually, that's just like not worth the investment. I mean, I pay $60 for a game. Six months from now, it's compost. That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> it's revolutionary, though, Brooks. It's very revolutionary. Yeah, it spins. I get it. You know. <laughs> what, 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 what did you uh, want to say about I something like interesting? I would like to take a moment after the writers. Ah, go ahead. Slow clap. Nerdy, nerdy sons of bitches. <laughs> did it. We really did it. Blew it up. The amount of Star Wars references. I'm talking about deep cuts. I'm not talking about, like, you know, the main hits, but they did those too. Yeah. I'm talking about whole conversations back and forth going all over the scale. We had mostly original trilogy. We had some prequel thrown in there. No Disney in sight. Perfect, just how I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was beautiful. It was great. It's constantly too. We're just being hit by like, like some of my favorite lines, like these little just small conversation pieces, little mm-hmm. side to side. You know, failed emperor. I'm a Jedi. My father before me. Yeah. You know, I have the high ground. <laughs> it was retarded. <laughs> like I am the shit. <laughs> I am. 
It was great. Yeah. Those nerdy, those nerdy bastards. They really did it. It was amazing. I loved it. Yeah. I I really enjoyed the quips and the little conversations people had with each other between things. Even the on the side conversations that you don't hear, like when your character's passing by certain other characters and they're saying something stupid, like the Izzy, the bartender girl, with the when we got towards the end, she started saying yeah. all that dark, dark stuff. Like That was a pretty dark stuff. And she kind of laughed no. it off. And we kind of sat there really confused and worried for whoever she wanted to take care of. That per- I forgot what the character's name was that was on the other no, side. No, 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 no. You're, you're confusing two people. Izzy was the bartender. Yeah. The person with the pearls wasn't Izzy. No, no, no. Wait, pearls? Yeah. The one who was saying the dark stuff about t- about killing the dude and the demon shit and all that stuff? That oh, no, no, no. Not not demon stuff. Remember, Izzy, at the end, she says... Yeah, Izzy, she, she wanted to fuck the blacksmith, and then she said something about, oh, I get it. I'm not real. That's like you're yeah. talking to them giants. Yeah. So all my sins don't were my fault. That's not dark. I don't that's know, man. That's just like, that's nihilistic as hell. That ain't dark, you know what I mean? The way she phrased it sounded really dark, that's from what I remember. That's where your mind went, sir. She merely said her sins weren't her fault. Her, dude, she could be a sweet old lady who, to her, sin is she, she then, you know, looked both ways across the street. I don't know, man. You assumed it was Thomas and Dark. She, she said, she I won't be damned. That seems very much like she did something she should not have done. Exhibit A. <laughs> Exhibit A. Do you eat fish on a Sunday? I don't think I do. I mean, I mean, not always. I, I, I couldn't tell you how I'm many not, You know what? I was going to make some jokes. <laughs> but let's move on. That's, you know, I decided, that's, that's a dangerous area. I'm not going to go down that route. Oh, man. Okay, so four out of five. Now, yeah. we got the score out there. Yeah, now you can go back to bagging on it. Let, let's, let's point out the bad things. The really? bad things. Oh, okay. The, the things that stuck out to me most were was the bugginess of the multiplayer. No matter what we did, we did have moments where um, lag was an issue. And it wasn't like yeah. normal lag like any other game where we can like kind of compensate for these things or whatever. This was the kind of spotty lag I felt that made me shoot at somebody for 10 seconds and not hit them and then move and then jump and then not be in the same place and all of a sudden I'm disconnected. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. And it, and it, you know, it didn't. The thing was, is that it didn't happen for the host. So when you hosted, you didn't have the problems. I had the problem. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh well. It would not have. Uh, I had constant compass breaks. I had a few menu on item just complete names just drop. We had that issue of that quest just stopping, like no, just just breaking. Clean us. We're just watching these bitches doing oh, endless voice lines. That was continuing. great. Staring no, at I mean, her. It was great for you because you got to log off and go to sleep. I was trying to finish that quest. <laughs> hey, I wanted to finish it too, but she got broke. I can't do anything about that. It's true. It's true. But, Moral of the story, kids. Watch out for broke bitches. Uh, I mean, as, not, aside from aside from the bugs, it was like I said, it was a good game, and I, we still gave it a yeah, good yeah. score, a favorable score. But the bugs yeah. were definitely sitting on the edge of my periphery, always reminding me, like, this is not a perfect game. No, 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 no. And it's surprising because I was hoping that with all the time that Gearbox has had to work on multiplayer problems, because this is not the first Borderlands-style game that has come out with problems like this, I would have figured oh. that by this time, you know, you'd figure out how to work your network code or your your online rollback, whatever you use, just something yeah. to make it stable, you know? Hell 
it we're just talking sucks. To a lot of companies right now too. We so are talking, talking to a lot of companies. Oh no no! <laughs> oh, the list goes on. I'm talking about like that's your job over a decade. Still, you know what I mean. I'm yeah. talking about you know you used to make computers. How come you can't design a computer fucking interface? You know, yeah. I'm talking about let's say I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, in my throat. Phil Spencer's casting bad juju on you. No, it's a cockney. <laughs> I was talking some little smacks. I I have nothing to say about Apex. I've oh, it's classic, man. They, you know, it's endless luck. It'll never be fixed. People still getting mad about it. I feel I feel bad. I feel bad for them, man. Stop being mad about five seasons ago, man. They said it's an inevitable. They're they're gonna lag. You're gonna drop. You're going to have a spot where you can get outside the geometry. Wraith is going to have an infinite fucking invisibility glitch every single season. Conspiracies <laughs> for later. It's not a conspiracy. But for now, let's move on to our next topic. Tiny Which Tina's is? 4 out of 5. That's our that's our official score from our lead reviewer Four on this Johnny's one. 4 Johnny's out of 5. 4 Johnny's out of 5. 4 Johnny's out of 5 from our lead reviewer, Mr. Brooks. Second topic today. This one is one that we're going to have to dive into. This one might take a while. This one, I have a lot of things to talk about with this one. This one is a bitch. The new PlayStation Plus tiers have been revealed. The new PlayStation Plus network frame, or network frame. Hmm, that's not the right word. The, the framework of what PlayStation Plus is, is now live. This one comes from uh, VGC. Um, I forgot who did it. Ooh, that's terrible. That's bad journalism of me. I wrote it on the other one, and I didn't put it here. Credits to whoever wrote this at G- VGC. I'm sorry. If anyone listens, I didn't steal this. I'm telling you know right now I didn't write this. So I'm going to quote it. <laughs> Since launching PlayStation Plus in 2010, SIE has been f- at the forefront of innovation with game subscription services. Oh, wait. You know what? Actually, no. This is from Jim Ryan. I lied. Take, I take that back, VGC. This isn't about you. This is about PlayStation Blog. This is straight from Jim Ryan's mouth. We're thrilled to be the first console membership service that included a refreshed library of games through PlayStation Plus and also launched the first console streaming service with PlayStation Now. Today, we are pleased to share with you official news about changes coming to our subscription services. This June, we're bringing the PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now family together in an all-new PlayStation Plus subscription service that provides more choice to customers across three membership tiers globally. Our focus is on providing high-quality, curated content with a diverse uh, diverse portfolio of games. Below is an overview of the three membership tiers. So we'll start with this. You're going to have three tiers on new PlayStation Plus. All of you people who have PlayStation Plus currently, you're going to be fine. Because PlayStation Plus Essential is exactly what it sounds like. You stay with what you have right now. Your price per uh, subscription monthly, quarterly, and yearly will be $9.99 monthly. Twenty four ninety nine quarterly, and fifty nine ninety nine yearly, about the same price, right? I believe. Yeah, sixty bucks for the year. To yeah, yeah. I, I for some reason I feel like the quarterly was something a little bit cheaper, like twenty three. But it, I'm I'm fucking crazy, so don't. don't. Um, no, actually, I think. Wait, no, I'm looking at one. Twenty five. No, twenty five. Yeah, no, this right. one's been for a while. At least over, at least like two years. Yeah. Oh god, I don't know where I'm getting that from. Anyways. This is going to provide you the same benefits as PlayStation Plus members are getting today, such as two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for your saved games, and online multiplayer access. There are no changes to existing PlayStation Plus members in this tier. Now we move on to the second phase, the second tier, called PlayStation Plus Extra. This one 
provides all the benefits of the Essential tier and adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in the extra tier are downloadable to play. So, you get to download games. PS4 and PS5 have a huge library, apparently, of over 400 titles. Actually, question. I was going to wait until you got to a point, but since you read it like that, I have to ask. Go ahead. The way it's phrased is uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's saying there are 400 titles to choose from, or you can get 400 games for your catalog? Uh, give, give, give me that in a different phrasing. What do you mean? Uh, let me get to where it, where it is. It's add a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games. Oh, okay. So I... what you, what, let me, mm-hmm. let me, you asked me in the phrase. So does that mean they are putting games in the catalog they feel like, you know, whatever games they are, and like, when they get to 400, nope, I no more games, nope, not a single more game? That doesn't, that doesn't sound like what they mean. I'm thinking it has to do with your account. Essentially, that gets you up to 400 titles in your library, essentially. I like, I like where your head's at. I will come back to this after I finish explaining the next tier and a little bit more information about this. So that one's at PlayStation Plus Premium. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. PlayStation Plus Extra is going to be a different price for the monthly, quarterly, and yearly subscriptions. The price goes up to $14.99 monthly, $39.99 quarterly, and $99.99 yearly. So about a $40 jump on the yearly price, right? Yeah, $40. That's not so bad. Now we come to the part that I start having a bit of concerns for. PlayStation Plus Premium. This provides all the benefits from the essential tier and extra tiers. Adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. Sadly, they do leave out the Vita, which had so many good titles, but I'll complain about that later. Offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers in markets. This is starred where PlayStation Now is currently available. So if it's not available in your country, then you're going you're gonna to see some fluctuation in the titles available and what your offerings are, etc., etc. Uh, customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. There's, the, there's a little nice little kicker there for you. They're going to let you stream it on your PC. Whether this is done through PS Remote Play or not, I don't know. I would have to assume that might be the case. But who knows if they'll make their own PC app that allows you to stream games straight to your PC. Um, And the last part of it, time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier. Uh, Customers can try select games before they buy. Trying select games, um, last week we talked about this on the podcast uh, when we talked about the rumors for this uh, information release. Uh, Jeff Grubb over at uh, GamesBeat and Grubb Snacks said that he had good information that the time-limited game trials would be something that he believed it would be something similar to EA Play, where you get about an eight-hour trial of a game to play. You get to play eight hours, you get the whole game, but once that eight-hour mark hits, you're done, and you either got to buy the game or live your life not playing it. This one will be priced at $17.99 monthly, $49.99 quarterly, and $119.99 yearly. And there's a 
tiny little thing on that. PlayStation Plus Deluxe is the other version of premium, and it's for select markets. These are for markets where cloud streaming is uh, uh, without cloud streaming, basically. So they basically can only do downloadable titles. So that's why they said earlier the where PlayStation Now is currently available thing, and they started talking about customers can stream depending. That's because some countries don't have the infrastructure for cloud streaming. So you will be forced to just downloading. Local pricing will vary by market, and you still get the benefits from extra and essential tiers with the deluxe version, but where we live, we're going to have premium, so it doesn't matter. Um, the biggest thing from this one is a quote that Jim Ryan had when he did an interview with Christopher Dring at gamesindustry.biz on Monday. Uh, it, he said, and I quote, We feel like we are in a good virtuous cycle with the studios, where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success, uh, more success. We like that the cycle, and we think that our gamers like the cycle. He continues, in terms of putting our own games into this service or any of our services upon their release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've done or that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road that we're going to go down with the new service. We feel if we were to do that, the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible, and we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers want. This ties into something we were talking about earlier between PlayStation and Xbox and business models and all sorts of stuff. How do you feel about PlayStation not wanting to put games from their first-party uh, studios day and date on this new service? Um, so, as opposed to how Xbox uh, Game Pass works, uh, you get you know, Halo Infinite Day One when it came out, you get. Uh, oh yeah, it, it's because they're basically still. I hear, sorry, it's already. Yeah. Apologies. No, you're good. It has to do with the same reason why uh, Black Widow was the only thing they put on Disney Plus. No horribly. Essentially, you're missing that spike in cash flow. You're missing that fiscal proof, and and uh, that this is. A, a blockbuster, you're seeing that revenue, you're seeing that coming in. Instead of being spread out over the year, mm -hmm. get that spike that shows what it's worth. Because that's how basically the studios for both movies and games since they were created. Mm -hmm. They don't they don't look for that longer term investment because it's just you're gonna have to pay rent by the time you actually make your return. Yeah, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. that's the way. That's the way uh, I believe. So they probably looking at it. they're keeping their blockbuster hits. Mm -hmm. Who do a blockbuster release, and then a few months later, a few while later, mm -hmm. bring them over. Mm -hmm. People are playing the monthly fee, which they're still making the money on, of course. Mm -hmm. But they 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 want to keep probably both that feeling and then that revenue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it goes without saying that buying a game full out, as opposed to getting a percentage of the share of the profit off of a streaming service, even if it's your first party title, is a lot more. Uh, Enticing is is especially with the prices. Like, ha, look at if you look look at the prices for these uh, different tiers, like one hundred and twenty dollars. If you look at it this way, you're paying paying for PlayStation Plus Premium for one year is basically the same as paying for a monthly pl membership of PlayStation Plus uh, Essential. $119. dollars. Well, maybe not exactly the same, but pretty 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 much there. It goes from sixty to one twenty. No, 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 not the yearly. Say you're paying monthly, the nine ninety nine per month. 
Oh, if it goes from nine yeah. to nineteen. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it doubles. It's the same uh, same ratio. Well, it's a, it's a little bit a little bit more than that. I think it's like off by like ten cents or something. But you, you get the idea. Two cents, Kevin. I'm not here for the two cents. <laughs> so you know, 120, and you get this catalog of games that may or may Actually, not be the PlayStation uh, now. It goes from 9.99 to 17.99. So essentially, you get the two dollars uh, cheaper than doubling, but that makes no sense then. When you double the yearly, it's a uh, when you try when you go to the yearly prices, it's completely doubled. It might be cheaper to fucking pay more. Well, uh, dep- if you're paying it monthly for, uh, I was just putting a comparison for essential to premium in the. That's what I'm doing too, sir. Ah. It goes from $9.99 yeah. to $17.99. While the yearly goes from $59.99 to $119.99. Uh, $120. $60, $120. Instead of going from uh, $10 to $20, mm-hmm. it goes from $10 to $18. Oh, okay. Just a inconsistent jump, which is interesting. Probably to entice people to get in the higher. Um, the higher service because that's their that's their main their main selling point. We're actually going for it. Yeah. The, the flagship of this movie. Which is, they did put out that uh, concurrently there are forty million PlayStation Plus subscribers now. If you even if you get what ten percent of them to do the PlayStation Plus Premium, that's what's ten percent of forty million. I'm bad at math. <laughs> I'm, million, would... I'm not a mather. <laughs> Forty million, ten percent. What's that? That's like four million. No, no, no. It's four hundred. Four hundred. Yeah. A forty million. Four million. So four million. One hundred twenty dollars. One hundred twenty dollars at four million people. That's. I'm not good at math. Let's just say that's a lot of money. Add another zero and add a two hundred thousand on that. You're going the wrong direction from the original one. That's a lot of money. Suffice it to say, it's a lot of money. But the biggest, uh, like you said, they'll release their blockbusters at uh, release. They won't put it onto the streaming service, but maybe a few months down, maybe a year down, it'll get brought over to the library. They do talk further about adding new games to the streaming service per month. And taking old ones out. Now, when you brought up the up to 400, that's what I wanted to refer to is that games will be moved on and off of the service. So, just like Xbox it's games. Strange. Huh? It's, very, it's, a very, it's a very strange phrasing. Yeah. Up to 400. It's very odd. I guess you could have up to if you choose to have up to. I don't know how you could fucking store that on a PlayStation. But... No, no, no. Um, for them as they actually like, at least talk just describe it in that way. It's just very odd. Mm. Saying around has a wiggle room. Saying up to 400 means that they've basically, probably most, most likely, done the math on it and saying anything beyond that is you're losing cost efficiency or you're losing a certain amount of funds if they want. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's just not crazy. Not saying anything about it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's well, Odd phrasing or not, this is this is the future of what PlayStation Plus is. What do you what do you what do you think about it in ter- in terms of uh, comparison to Xbox? Does is this a competitor or is this just PlayStation cleaning up house and putting everything together like 
probably what they should have done th- two or three years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds like just what they tried to do with PlayStation Now, just done correctly, yes. essentially. Like, uh, and even then, not it's not nearly on what Xbox did, to be honest. Xbox is, oh, yeah. uh, as I said, I feel as if they are gunning for the Steam market. Whether or not trying to take out Steam, mm-hmm. I'm saying they're, they're looking for a piece of that pot. They're looking to go back to what their kind of original vibe was, which is a one-stop shop, but instead of making it so much about the hardware, making it more about the actual uh, brand in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I would say. I mean, it, it's to me, it doesn't really bother me or entice me. You know, uh-huh. I'm not really interested in this in a catalog that's that limited, mm-hmm. while being that inconsistent. Essentially, if I if the if the category if the catalog was let's say you know a much larger size, mm-hmm. it would make sense because of the way look at like Netflix or like any other streaming service. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, you don't. Except for uh, Disney Plus, which is basically selling it as it's a new one. It's selling itself on only new releases, pretty much. Yeah. With the, the back catalog is there, but it's yeah. mostly just selling itself on its constant new titles. Yeah. Other than that, you don't really go to them and click to watch this series into that to that to that to that. No, it's just you. You it's, it's background. You casually go through things. You're going to this. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's it's more it's it's long term. You know, you need that wide variety for that. Yeah. Having this this short pool. When you have such a wide variety of games, I feel as if you're either going to have a very small target audience or you're going to have a very unsatisfied broad audience. Yeah. You know, like, especially when it comes to older games, like, their entire catalog of PlayStation 1 games, it could probably fit inside your PS5 hard drive. It definitely you know could. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it the entire could. catalog, man. And so, why, why even waste the time skimping on when essentially you just advertising as as such, if you use that phrasing, mm-hmm. the entire catalog of PlayStation One game, yeah, that is a right that right there, people would pay 120, you know? Oh yeah, hands down. So like, I mean, there there is the of course the issue of then you know making it playable on PS5, of course. So I am being maybe slightly unrealistic, but I also and speaking in broad terms, just to make it simple, I'm not you don't actually mm-hmm. need to literally, but you get my point still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels as if it's almost a half measure. But it could also, uh, to be something what you're saying, as uh, laying the ground, it could just be the skeleton they built upon. Yeah. You know? More of a system that actually works to then expand and make more uh, fluid as time goes on. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I look forward to it, and I will... I don't know if I'll pay for that yearly. I think I'm going to try it out monthly when it comes out in June. Um, remember oh. Yeah, I remember Of course, remember as a concept. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that. Remember Gamefly back there? I do. No, I mean, like, I always wanted it, but my dad never let me do it. I, I I did it for a little bit of time because we were I was never allowed to buy any video games. Like I was going to do like a month of Gamefly, and then I'd get it, you know, another month, like six months later, like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never buy. We never buy sixty dollars for a game. Give me sixty dollars for a game. <laughs> you think money grows on cotton? Um, but I mean that challenge. I know that's a joke. Uh, that challenge. Of beating that game in eight hours, we were talking about earlier about having those eight-hour cuts. Mm-hmm. That's what that reminds me of. of actually, of gameplay is like when I got Mass Effect, Mass Effect Two, and Mass. I beat all three Mass Effects mm-hmm. on a gameplay subscription in one week in each game. I had that game for Saturday and Sunday, and I literally got almost the entire first one done. Everything I'm talking about, top to bottom, Johnny. I'm talking about. Oh, I don't sleep, son. One hundred percent completion <laughs> right there. 
No, I get 100%. I was, I was in the 90s. I definitely was in the 90s. I, I'd get, I'd do at least three playthroughs in every single one, minimum, mm-hmm. so I can get all the girls, you know? <laughs> what about Garrus? You have to romance Garrus. See, that's different to me and you, John. You'll do anything for Platinum, <laughs> and I won't. <laughs> you need to romance Garrus. How are you going to leave him alone like that? Damn. I'm a xenophobe, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we will look forward to the future of PlayStation Plus with bated breath and hopeful wants. All I'm saying is, I said it last week, I'm going to say it this week. Put Tenchu back on the menu. I don't want to play Sekiro. I want to play a fucking Tenchu game, goddammit. Hitataki Miyazaki, I'm talking to you again. Again. Give me a Tenchu reboot, goddammit. A Tenchu reboot. No, I want I want a true, not remaster. I want a true recreation of Star Wars Republic Commandos as a four-player online co-op. Not that bullshit ass thing they did that was ass cheeks. No, I remember that. I'm it was talking, pretty bad. I and that made me so sad. Like how you have a game run better on original Xbox than fucking I don't know. It came on, it was one right. It didn't come on 360. It came on one right. The the remaster. Um. Shoot, I think it was three sixty. Ninety nine. I'm not, no way because like the, the time length doesn't feel long enough to do a remaster. But maybe it was. Maybe it was. Right? Maybe. I'm not. Doesn't matter. Anyway, how you how's it gonna run better on that giant fossil than on any, <laughs> either one of those? <laughs> it's just streamlined. It's, just, it's the same th- same problem they always have with working backwards compatible shit. They just can't do it, and I don't know why. Wanting to meet it halfway. Uh huh. Don't update the graphics. Yeah, don't. Uh, it's what it is. If you're if you're doing a nostalgia, a game for nostalgia, keep it nostalgic. Yeah, but it, it's halfway vibe. Just it, it never works, and it's either it's clunky at best. Master Chief Collection. Uh, Maybe pr- an exception to this. I love the way they actually able to, the the way they did it was actually genius. Essentially creating a whole new game around the skeleton, the original one. Yeah. You could toggle between it. Yeah. It's genius and work. It That's beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. That's super smart. Because I know a lot of people did enjoy the anniversary collection, Master Chief collection. Thank as you. it was with like the nice pretty skin on it. But a lot of like older people were like, no, I fucking oh, hate I, it. Yeah. Go back to the old I, one. They all played the old one. I'm just like, I don't get it. Well, having that option, I'm saying actually just conceptually, actually the way they approached it is where I'm giving them praise right now. Yeah. But the reason why is because Halo. No. It's Halo, man. My first Halo. love, man. Cartography. You know what I mean? The <laughs> great silent. cartographer. Silent. It was the silent cartographer. That's what is the name it? of the mission was. It silent? Oh, silent cartographer. That's what the name. <laughs> My first love was cartography. My first love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Let's move on to our next topics, and let, let's do a li- let's do a lightning round because we got we got three more stories to go through. We'll we'll make the most of these are going to be pretty short and quick, simple to the point. Story number three is Breath of the Wild sequel got delayed. It happened on Tuesday. This one came from VGC, and this is also has this one also has to do with uh, Nintendo shares as of. It's just a little like filler information for people who are listening who may like things other than Sony and, and Microsoft, you know? Maybe there are Nintendo fanboys out there, and we love them oh, with yeah. all our heart. But man, yeah, you guys have a shitty N64 console. Made. Oh, N64, dude. Best system ever made. N64. I'm talking about the Switch. 
Oh, I never. Even your even the OLED switch just does. It's Nintendo's got its market and it knows what it's catering to, and that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 have their niche, man. But they're. they're I'm niche. not even gonna get into it. Their 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 approach to the the community, man. They're, yeah. They're, they're they're just they're just dicks. <laughs> they're just. Dicks. What do you want? How are you gonna <laughs> sue these people for literally not not even doing a, a, a tournament for like anything? There's no prize. <laughs> there's no nothing. It's just thirty kids having fun at a house. Dude. Shame on you, Nintendo. Shame on you. Donkey, we donkey congulus. So on Tuesday, the uh... what was it? Oh, man, I got lost right there. My bad. Breath of the Wild 2 yep. was told that they are going to hold it back, sir. And yep. their shares took a 4% drop. I'm not even looking. Six. Ah, damn. I thought ah, it you tried. It was close. It was good. That was close. Shares fell 6% on Tokyo Trading on Wednesday on the back of the news that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel has been delayed. The platform holder announced on Tuesday that the highly anticipated Nintendo Switch sequel, which was previously scheduled to arrive in 2022, will now be released in spring 2023, a whole year from now. Fuck me. Prior to Wednesday's slump, Nintendo shares had actually gained year-to-date 25% due to, a, according to a Reuters report. Sirkan Toto, I think I'm pronouncing that right, CEO of Tokyo-based games industry consultancy Kantan Games, said that the strength of Nintendo's upcoming release schedule meant that this was an as good as a ugh, this was as good a year as any to delay the game. I quoting him here is that if there's a year Nintendo can afford to push Zelda out of, it's this year. Toto said, "The fisc- the fiscal's year hasn't even started yet and they have spread out all these block potential blockbuster titles, potential. As previously announced, the adventure in this sequel will not take place uh, will take place not just on the ground but in the as in the previous game but also in the skies above." However, the expanded world goes beyond that, and there will be an even wider variety of features you can enjoy, including new enemies, new encounters, new gameplay elements. Uh, in, in order to make this game's experience something special, the entire development team is working, uh, continually, continuing to work diligently on this game. So please, wait a little while longer. So, Breath of the Wild 2 got pushed. I'm not surprised. The one thing I'm not even surprised I'm not going to be surprised about is I'm I'm literally waiting for them to for Sony Santa Monica to come out and say, "Hey, God of War Ragnarok's getting pushed. It's getting pushed till next year." I actually don't think so, but maybe we'll see. I, I, I hear you coming from. I mean, it happened to Horizon. It happened to almost every other game that was supposed to come out last year. They all got pushed to this year, and and God yeah. of War was planned for this year. So if it doesn't, if everything else in the back got pushed, they're gonna push this. That's not that's that's a actually I think it's a fallacy of logic. Essentially, like, it, if the conditions were the same during this whole time period, you'd be mm-hmm. right. But the conditions changed. That's why games are being released this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a certain point where it the bleed over no longer exists, and because you have basically, you know, all these. The, uh, one of the benefits from what we were talking about earlier yeah. of these umbrellas, essentially, these, these autonomous units mm-hmm. making different games, they aren't sharing work, like uh, yeah. workload. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So, we'll find out, you know? Like, uh, God of War was scheduled for the end of the year, no? Yeah, I believe it was scheduled for a holiday. So we have a chance. There's still a chance. I, I think God of War might come out, actually, because of how much they had done before as well. And essentially, 
they started working on it uh, immediately. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was one of those. It was one of those games where these two are meant to be played in tandem. They were made in tandem. Yeah. So I feel as if I feel as if there's a good chance it'll come out. But you know, hell, I know. Some random guy. What do I know? All we know is we hope it doesn't get pushed because I would really like to play that this year. I'm very looking forward to that. I I just. Not only am I looking forward to the game itself, I'm looking forward to the fight for game of the year at the end of this year. If God of War Ragnarok comes out against Elden Ring and against like other games that I think have a good chance, like Forspoken, oh my god, I cannot wait to watch the end of the year arguments that everybody in this industry is going to have of who deserves game of the year. I, I, I want to see. It also depends how much time God of War has. Well, if God of War really comes out in the end of the year? Yeah. Like... It doesn't matter if it's a better game, assuming it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, If it comes out too late, it will end up being pushed into 2023's topics. That's what I'm saying. Because uh, you don't have the time to build the momentum kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Either way, I just... All it's given us is 2022, I'm seeing. I just really hope it comes out this year. Let's all keep <laughs> our fingers crossed and our teeth under our pillows. I don't know what that does, but I know it helps, Some supposedly. Well, you actually missed that mission. I did in, miss uh, that mission. <laughs> I lagged out because of the fucking stupid interface that froze while I was in my options menu and I had to close my game. Stupid ass bugs. Get your shit together, Gearbox. Yeah, don't trust any fairy that's fucking team. All right, let's roll through these last two ones real quick here. Story number four, Activision Blizzard $18 million settlement from Tuesday. This is from Tom Ivan at VGC. A federal court judge has approved Activision Blizzard's $18 million settlement of a sexual harassment lawsuit filed last year by the U.S. Equal Opportunity Commission, EEOC. Current and former employees dating back to September 1st, 2016 can submit a claim about sexual harassment, retaliation, or pregnancy discrimination to be considered for relief. While the EEOC settlement is the second largest of its kind, the agency has never has ever agreed it is not without its critics including the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. The DFEH fears its case, which is scheduled to go on trial in February 2023. So next year, not till next year in February is the trial supposed to continue. Uh, it may be undermined by today's settlement, which it had been attempting to delay. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick said today, this was from Tuesday, I quote, Our goal is to make Activision Blizzard a model for the industry, and we will continue to focus on eliminating harassment and discrimination from our workplace. The court's approval of this settlement is an important step in ensuring that our employees have mechanisms for recourse in the experienced, if they experienced any form of harassment or retaliation. And to that I say, hey, you know what? I, I'm not sponsored by anybody, so I can actually say this right now. I can still say this. Fuck you, Bobby Kotick. You're the fucking problem. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? Are you kidding me? This whole thing is ridiculous. I don't think Kodak has any place to be talking about some stupid shit like this. I get he's the face, but Phil Spencer has to step in. Daddy Spencer has to step in. He's got to go in there since he's now the new CEO. He's got to kick Kodak out. He's not really the CEO, but he's got to kick Kodak out, take over the company. It's not supposed to happen until 2023, but they need to get him out of that fucking office. Because this guy's just making shit worse for Activision Blizzard. Progressively, every single fucking day. That guy's a piece of shit. That's the end of my argument. <laughs> no, man. Like, 100%. Like, it, it, they had one move to do. And they did that move. But the 
problem, I guess, what we're seeing is that because Microsoft had did so many other moves that they're being slowed up by yeah. uh, uh, FTC. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you're welcome. That this is, uh, it's not being the hard cut that it needed to be. Yeah. Like you, essentially, like, you have all this great art, all this great work mm-hmm. that is just getting that it might still now because this is lagging and still going on. Is that what you're saying? It works every day. Yeah. It has the sandbag potential because the fear of cleaning house or yeah. the lack of wanting to clean house. Like, it sucks. It just sucks because yeah. there's so, like you said, there's so much good art. There's so many good games, so many good developments that can and are planned to come out of Activision Blizzard. Personally, me, like, I know you're not a big fan of how Diablo 3 was, but I love Diablo altogether, all around. You like Diablo 2 more. But, oh, yeah, but Diablo 4, I'm like on the edge of my seat waiting for new information. I love oh, Diablo yeah, games. Dude, dude. I want to play it so man. fucking bad. <laughs> Blizzard has never once made a disappointing cutscene. No, no, there's like, no such thing. No, dude, beautiful, gorgeous. Yeah, they're even as games going back as Diablo One and original Starcraft yeah. when graphics was ass. Yeah, suddenly you have this like next gen from now looking cutscene in the middle mm-hmm. of this game. It's like what? What? I want to play this. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's it's so sick. Like Diablo Three cutscenes look like they're on the quality of a next generation console's graphics. Given it's a cutscene still, but it's so when that trailer crisp. came out for Diablo Four, dude. Like oh, all of us, okay, yeah, dude, like, and that's awesome. Like look at look at the production value they put out. Right? You have mm. like eleven minute video for a trailer. Yeah, that's amazing. Eleven like, freaking it's, minutes. It's a <laughs> short film. That is a college short <laughs> film thief, man. That someone baked their entire four year run on that. You know what I mean? Did you ever you remember that that short that Kid Cudi did for that song Maniac off of uh, his second album? He did it with Shia. Song. He did it with Shia LaBeouf and um, some other dude. It was basically about a maniac. The whole it was like a mu- short film, but slash music video. Okay. And and basically Shia LaBeouf ah. was the film the film or what do you call him the director? I don't know. The producer, filmographer, cinematographer, whatever. You're, you're saying four different like roles now, so I don't know what he was. All I know he did the filming. He was an independent filmmaker. Was he did most likely you mean director slash producer? Yeah, but I don't know. But he followed him around, and like Kid Cudi goes crazy and starts chasing Shia LaBeouf, and like it, it's super cool. If you got if if you guys haven't watched it, go watch it. Yeah, it's called, watch. I have not seen that. that it's awesome. called Maniac. It's in black and white. It's super fucking cool. I loved it when I was younger. I still love it. It's really cool. But that that's what it is. Like I've never even heard. I'm surprised you haven't either. I swear. Yeah, you know, it's very odd. <laughs> but yeah, that it's a it's basically a short film. Eleven minutes. That's so long. The fact that it even kept the retention all the way through the 11 minutes is ridiculous. Well, I'm just saying, you want to get into that boat, right? 27-minute long version of Fight for Your Right. Um, No, sorry. (laughs) Of Party for Your Right from the Beastie Boys from the last album, Make Some Noise. Was it really 27 minutes? The whole version. I'll double-check right now. I think it's actually might be a little bit shorter. But also, that is one of the most star-studded casts you will ever see in a music video. And it is a epic of psychedelic proportions through space and time johnny sounds like pink floyd's the wall no 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 it's the beastie boys yeah and jack black and will ferrell are in it it's named are they really yeah holy shit and elijah wood um here you know give me give me a quarter second just to give you the the beautiful list my god whoops 
Whoopi Goldberg. No, I'm just kidding. I was about to say, what are you talking Orlando about? Orlando Bloom, Kirsten Dunst, Seth Rogen, Will Ferrell, wow. Jack Black, Rashida Jones, Elijah Wood, Steve Buscemi, uh, Will Arnett. I like Randy Steve Buscemi. Houston, you ever watch Boardwalk Klein. Empire? Boardwalk Empire is amazing. I loved it, man. I couldn't keep going with it. I I got to season three, and then I just fell off of it for some reason. But I, I do but plan to go yes, back. Yes. It, it, just, it, it is a slower-paced show, which I have mm-hmm. no problem with. But the problem when you're doing those is you're towing the line. That's what it is. They, oh, yeah. They, it went a little too slow. It happened. It just it got yeah. a little too draggy. Yeah, I hear you. All right. While you look that up, I'm going to get to the last one real quick. I was already, already done. Oh, you ready? No, I haven't said anything. Oh. Well, excellent. Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah, you guys know he's, you, you guys know Elijah Wood is, like, really short in real life? <laughs> he's shorter than Tom Cruise, I hear. Wait. Why is that? Is he not? I could have sworn no, he no. was. No, like, you literally, like, said the exact opposite. The whole vibe is he played Frodo, and he's not even short. Like, they're all, like... He's short. Normal-sized people. Oh, no, I know that. He, of course, he's a normal-sized person, but he's short for normal people. Oh, yeah, yeah, normal. <laughs> all right, last story. No, I, I mean, like, he's not, like, um, outside of the average, the mean. He's a mathematical character. He's a mathematical anomaly. Story number five. This one's going to hit close to home for some of you older folks like me. E3 is officially canceled this year. That is crazy. E3 2022's digital event has been officially canceled, according to an email that's being sent to various industry partners. Razor PR lead Will Powers tweeted that he had received an email from the ESA and that E3, or from the ESA that said, E3 is officially canceled for 2022. Uh, many different websites have corresponded this. IGN, GameSpot, VGC, Games Industry, everyone. Everyone everyone that knows anything about video games, that talks anything about video games, knows this happened. This was literally like I was sitting at home, my internet died, and I couldn't post about it because I was losing my shit in my room and my internet died. So I was just like screaming in here. I was like, no fucking way. This is not happening. It's real. How did we learn? Giants fall, man. Titans fall. Yeah, there's a whole game about that. Two of them. Oh, yeah. Shadow... I was about to say Shadow's Fall. What the... What the no, hell? but I was saying don't lose your shit, Johnny. Once you lose oh. your shit, everything falls apart. That's the moral of the story. Keep it cool. He's not wrong, folks. It went on to confirm. It? It's intentions to hold... Uh, the email, it said, we will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. It went on to confirm its intentions to hold an event next year. They look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world live from Los Angeles in 2023. It was confirmed in January that the physical version of the event had been canceled for the third year in a row. Not surprising. But the now-planned digital equivalent has followed suit. And in a statement from E3's organizers, they said that uh, it made the decision due to ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 and its potential impact on the safety of exhibitors and attendees. It added, we remain incredibly excited about the future of E3 and look forward to announcing more details soon. Even before the pandemic, the ESA was already facing significant pressure to reinvent E3 with several major publishers, including EA, Sony, Activision, Having, ban- having abandoned the event in recent years, and that was before 2020's cancellation, after which many companies, such as EA and Ubisoft, enjoyed success running their own digital events. 
So on the official record, they're saying they're do- stopping because of COVID. Unofficially, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Everyone's leaving for doing other things. Jeff Keighley's got Summer Games Fest, which is massive in production and scope. It's an amazing set pieces, orchestras, world premieres, everything. It's doing everything production-wise that E3 should be doing. But they don't. And so everyone's saying, you know what, screw it. I'm going to do my own thing. You've got Nintendo Directs now. You've got the Xbox Games Showcase. You've got a PlayStation Showcase, PlayStation State of Play, Ubisoft Showcase, EA's, uh, EA's Showcase. Like Everyone has their own show now. I don't have my own show. Does E3? Does E3 need to exist anymore? Before we get to that question, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you believe it's really because of COVID when they canceled the online event as well? No. Hell no. The second I saw they canceled <laughs> the online one, I knew immediately that it was because every studio isn't going to be there. PlayStation hasn't attended E3 for two or three years now. EA is... 100% as well. Like they, they were... Not at that high point no more. They're mm-hmm. starting to peter out, and instead of basically riding that to then get you know up on the wave, mm-hmm. they hard shut down two years. Yeah. So anything that was like media area, anything that was like, you know, on its on, not even, I don't even want to say on its last leg, but anything that was just gasping at all, anything that wasn't going strong, yeah, in the water, they done. Like, and they're, what they're doing essentially, they're saying the COVID because it's still close enough uh, yeah. or, or round enough. It's their safe escape. You know, they're saying yeah. that so that, you know, they don't take too big a hit. They can maybe try to put it on next year. But, yeah, no, you don't cancel a online event because of COVID. I don't know. That's, that's transferable that way now. It's yeah. Kinda... Yeah. So, I it sucks to see it. Because as a kid, uh, I, I, I always wanted to go to E3. When it became public access, I was dream of the day of being able to go to E3 and walk the show floor being able to see games and booths and go to all the press conferences, listen to the in-depth dives and all of the cool stuff that they would do. Like it's an experience and it's something I would have loved to be able to be a part of. I wanted to get that first taste. (laughs) Exactly. Be able to walk up to, walk up to an independent developers booth, look at a game, be like, Hey, that kind of looks cool. It reminds me of like Castlevania. It looks like Symphony of the Night. It looks like this. Look, can I try it? Like, yeah, sure, try it. Just write about it later. Talk talk about it. Like, give me some publicity. It's E three was a rite of passage for old, for oh wow, I said old for older people like us. E three was a rite of passage, and watching it kind of peter out and die out kind of sucks to watch. And I hope, I hope that something happens next year, but I guarantee you, it won't. I honestly guarantee yeah. it. I, yeah, go ahead, sir. I, I was gonna say, I, unless he, they, unless E three, the ESA finds some way to pull back the major big publishers to go and perform a showcase of their, you know, of some kind. There, they're not gonna be able to draw the same kind of crowds because you have Games Fest, you have the Game Awards, you have all these mm-hmm. other showcases that are being put up, and different conventions and. Little conventions, big conventions, and private hosted showcases that do everything that E3 was used for back in the day. Now these companies can do the production the themselves. Around. E3 became big because like, they went to sorry, they went to E3 because it had grown to the size. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, it was basically it was a spotlight where everyone was looking. Mm-hmm. The issue is now that you know the, the internet, it's everywhere. So yeah. like they don't they don't uh, they don't need to 
and still, after the longest time, held the title. It still does. Yeah, yeah. It's synonymous with games. Like, oh, the, the brand is there. Yeah. But with it, here's what I, it's going to go underground for like two years mm-hmm. and come back as a kind of slightly different thing. Mm-hmm. And it'll come back the same way, the same way, you know, D4, the same way all the all the things that kind of yeah. started off with games did. You know, they're going to disappear for a couple of years. Yeah. Essentially, like, let the dust settle. And yeah. then that brand still has enough power that it will come back as something else, if not what it is now, which does suck. But Such is life. Yeah. We're going to just have to hope and we'll keep our ears open for any more news concerning the future, the uncertain future of E3. Eventually, eventually Johnny, we all go the way of the game gear. You know? Eventually. But today is not that day. Because that's all the time we've got. <laughs> I would like to give a special thanks to everyone who was watching and stuck around. Thank you to the new listeners for tuning in. Uh, again, this is the Hey Listen podcast, where once a week we sit around to talk about some of the biggest news in the game industry and then some other random shit. If you enjoyed listening to us and listening to us banter, please subscribe to our Twitch channel for the live recordings of our game stream and our game streams at twitch.tv slash official. If you want to further support the show, you could donate to the show, but you don't have to. Please don't feel obligated to. And follow us on in- but follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram at HeyListenCast or on YouTube by searching for HeyListenGaming. If you help us subscribe to YouTube, we could get a personalized link so I don't have to post this really long, ridiculous link that looks silly and uh, none of these other platforms allow me to post it for some strange reason. So please head over to YouTube. Give us a follow. Mm-hmm. We just need 100 followers. Once we get 100 followers, we'll get that brand spanking new tag that says, Hey, listen, official, or Hey, listen, gaming. I don't know yet. We're going to have to have a meeting about that, but we'll figure that out. In the meantime, where can they catch you at, Mr. Brooks? Uh, your local liquor store, Lindy Library, um, Penny and Dime, you know, uh, Haberdashery, you know, 99 Cent Store, 99 and Up Store. Uh, I don't know. Raging Waters. I haven't gone to a water park in years. You know what I mean, man? Been dope. You know what I miss? Devonshire and Devonshire Arcade, too. Catch me there playing Third Strike. I miss every uh, arcade. About 10 years ago. Uh, I You see us online on Twitch. I play Halfway Brooks 420. You can catch me playing a bunch of shooters, random games. I like to throw myself into unfamiliar games on the hardest difficulty. Watch me fail. Mess around. Get angry. Uh, watch me sometimes go head-to-head with this man right here with his uh, cheat codes. Get messy. Fighter. Yeah, I get really messy. Get, yeah, uh, <laughs> parental uh, awareness and guidance is suggested. <laughs> it's recommended, really. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining me today, Mr. Brooks. Thanks, Johnny. Thank, thanks for hosting with me. <laughs> Go find time, us on YouTube, guys. The link is in our Twitch bio. Follow us on Twitch. Give us some subscribes, and we will oh, get you guys closer to that like free it. giveaway. We need 100 followers on YouTube, 100 subscribers. I don't know the difference between it. As long as you subscribe, it doesn't matter. All of our links are in our Twitch bio, so please continue to support us and show us the love that you have. And as always, game like you mean it. Or as Brooks likes to hear it, game like you mean it. Now you say it just buried you. Like, like you're disappointed. Game like you mean it. I'm already disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Streamland. Good night.